the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello everyone, I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you today to episode 25 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including how elections have serious consequences for the safety of our children who go to public schools. That's right, George. You know, as our California audience knows well, we recently, in fact, it was on September 14th, had a recall election where the voters were asked to decide basically two questions. Number one, should Governor Newsom be recalled? And if that question was answered in the affirmative, who should replace him for the remainder of his term? Well, we all know, um, unless you've been living under a rock, that the recall election was uh, not one, that Governor Newsom is still our governor. But I thought it would be interesting just to know a, a few statistics about the election, actually what happened there. But more importantly, we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the broadcast. Um, it's already showing pretty dramatic repercussions for our children in the public schools just since the recall election has has completed. Um, So in terms of spending, Governor Newsom had quite a generous war chest. Uh, Reports indicate uh, close to $70 million were were raised by him for the campaign. I don't know where all that money came from. Teachers unions. Teachers unions. I'm sure the unions were big benefactors to him. Um, uh, Larry Elder, who was the really the, the most serious contender, um, if Governor Newsom had been recalled, ra- was able to raise just a fraction of that amount. Uh, around ten million dollars is the the last report I heard. You know, between ten and thirteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. But despite that fact, and even getting into the race at, at a fairly late stage, all things considered, he did very well. Uh, he he did very well indeed. Um, guess how many people are eligible to vote in California? What what would be your guess? So we're a, a state of about forty three million people. Twenty million. That's very. That's a it's a great guess, George. Actually, twenty four million people are eligible to vote. So these are eligible adults. But in 2020, um, 20 million people were actually registered, so you were spot on. Now, this is an important election, particularly for conservative Californians. 
only less than 12 million people turned out to vote in this election, according to Ballotpedia. So that's just over 50 percent. Yeah, a little over 50 percent. You know, George Barna, and we've talked about this before, has this famous statistic that he likes to point out that only half of people of faith are registered to vote at any one time, half of them, 50 percent. Mm-hmm. And only half of those go to the polls in any particular election cycle, which means only 25% of people of faith are actually taking advantage of their civil responsibility, exercising Mm -hmm. their civil responsibility. And this election seemed to show that. Um, 11,818,000 people voted in the recall election. Of that vote... And this goes to the complexion of California geopolitics. 62.7% voted no on the recall election. In other words, they voted to keep Governor Newsom in place. 63% for all intents and purposes. I was shocked when I saw the statistics you know, later that day because I thought that COVID taught us a lesson. And especially for parents, regardless of your political affiliations, right? I I thought that most parents went through hell, um, especially with the way that public schools were being treated and the teachers unions and the kind of policies that they were enforcing. I was, I, I thought that even if he wouldn't be recalled, that it would be close. Yes, I thought it would be much, much closer than it was. And, you know, the indicators right before um, September 14th <clears throat> seemed to indicate that it was going to be a, a, a close election. But California being what it was, these are the numbers. And I don't think, you know, you can make these up, but, you know, there doesn't seem to be any indication of foul play. This is the mindset of, uh, of the California body politic. Uh, It's just the reality of the state we live in. Uh, In terms of um, who got the most votes for the second question in the ballot, if if Governor Newsom was to be recalled, who would replace him? Uh, Larry Elder got 48 percent. That's quite an amazing margin there. Um, The next closest was, I think, the YouTuber Kevin Pafraff. (laughs) I'd never heard of him before this election, but uh, apparently people had. And then after that, uh, very quickly, um, some of the people that we're used to seeing in these elections, like Kevin Falconer, John Cox, they, they, pretty, they fell down to the noise level pretty quickly. Why, why are we bringing this up? I mean, the election's over. We, we have the governor. And, uh, you know, it is the, the result is what it is. Well, I want to go back uh, for a moment to a book that you and I commonly bring up in our conferences and speaking engagements. And the title of that book, as you know, George, is Get Out Now. Get Out Now by uh, Mary Rice Hassan and Teresa Farnan. This was uh, uh, published uh, about three years ago in 2018. And the thesis of the book is the public schools are so irredeemably broken that the only logical um, thing that parents should do is to get their children out of the public school system. And they point out a lot of reasons for this. I mean, the book is incredibly well-researched. These are very thoughtful women. They did their homework, and they present evidence for their findings. 
And they had an interesting quote at the forefront of their book by Frederick Douglass, the famous abolitionist during the Civil War era, who said, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. And of course, the thesis of their book, and as Protect Our Kids believes, the public schools are creating broken men. They're starting to indoctrinate them as children, creating broken men, which are very difficult to, to repair. And I was about to interject, Mark, right there to say, say what? But in the positive sense, because I remember when I was reading that book and I read this quote, it was like light bulb, you know, goes off. Uh, not that we probably never thought about this, but the way that Frederick Douglass just puts it yeah. is uh, is so to the point. Um, parents, we, both Mark and I, highly encourage you to go out, purchase this book. Get out now. It's on Amazon. You'll find it on probably many other websites. Um, but you want to get your book, your hands on this book and really inform yourself Amen to that. You can get in Kindle version. You can get it even. I think there's even an audio version that you can listen to it in your car on your way to work. But yeah, absolutely. We highly recommend it. Uh, they have several parts to the book. Part one, they talk about what they call the gender crusade, which is pushing the Soji worldview on public school children, sexual orientation, gender identity. And they claim their words that this is really the game changer in our public school system, this new ideology that, that's being pushed. And then they back it up. In fact, in part two of the book, they talk about more trouble in the schools. And they have chapters with uh, titles like Cultivating Activists. And we've certainly seen that in the public schools. Um, powerless parents and autonomous kids. Parents continuing to lose their parental authority. Yep. And the school's taking more and more authority and giving kids more autonomy for very critical decisions that we're, we're going to talk about here. Um, another chapter is entitled Identity Politics, Safe Spaces, and Social and Emotional Learning. This has been underground for many, many years, but now it's quickly coming to the forefront. Kids are being emotionally groomed to believe in this new ideology or worldview. Uh, another chapter is fake education, failing education. We're really not educating our children in the public schools. Yep, I agree. We're indoctrinating them. And then finally, their, their takeaway chapter is that you cannot fix these problems, at least not in your child's school lifetime. Well, that book came out, George, three years ago, and we started about that same time, about mm -hmm. two and a half years ago, and we started because of this law that was passed in 2015 called Assembly Bill 329, the infamous California Healthy Youth Act. But since then, George, as you and I know, things have gotten much worse in the public schools. In fact, it's what you and I call the triple threat. It's not just radical sex ed. There's two more factors, aren't there? Correct. I mean, we have now critical race theory, which I think there's a silver lining to that one because we've seen parents come out, you know, in droves now. Uh, I think you could find more uh, parent videos on YouTube, you know, that basically depicts a parent going in front of a school board, giving yeah. them a piece of their mind than you could ever find three years ago when we started dealing with comprehensive sexuality education. 
Um, so that to me was just, you know, great news to see parents um, do that. And, and also with critical race theory, um, you have parents of all backgrounds and especially parents of color, yes, Hispanics and <laughs> African-Americans and, and immigrants. I mean, they could see the racism through all of this that, that's happening. Um, and, and then kind of as a byproduct of this, you have historical revisionism. Um, and this is an area where parents are starting to finally catch on that, okay, well, why are they only teaching this part of history or why are they magnifying this part of history to a proportion that is, it's not valid. Um, and so these three things together, but especially these last two things over the last two years have really brought out, you know, parents out in droves, but still, it's still getting worse. It's still getting worse. So you can imagine that if uh, Miss Hassan and Farnan were to rewrite their book today, it would have to be twice as long mm-hmm. uh, to discuss these other uh, threats to our children in the public school system, critical race theory and rewriting our history books. Well, the reason we bring this up is because as a result of the recall election, Governor Newsom has the ability to allow laws that have been passed by the California legislature, the Assembly and the Senate, uh, to become law, or he can decide to veto them. And he has vetoed bills before, but won this just last week that he actually, he didn't, I guess we should sort of explain how the legislative process works in California. So once a bill passes both houses, the governor has some choices. He can just let it, he can do nothing, in which case the bill will automatically become law. That's just the way the California system works. Or he can put his imprimatur on the bill by signing it. You know, I'm, I'm officially endorsing this bill as the governor of California. Mm-hmm. I like this bill. I'm signing it. Or if he doesn't like it, he can veto it which means it will not become law unless two-thirds of the legislature overrides his veto, kind of like the way it works in our federal government. Well, he signed a law called Assembly Bill 1184 into law, which has very onerous repercussions for children and parents in the public school system. And we're going to get into the details of that in just a moment. But before we do... I think it's important that we remind parents of the rights that they have lost over the years as a result of our California state legislature. What kind of laws have they passed? So let's go through a few of these, George. These have been on the books for many years, and maybe some parents don't even realize it. California Family Code, Section 6925, says that a minor may consent to medical care related to the prevention or treatment of pregnancy. Now, is, is that with parental notification or without parental? No parental notification. Say what? They can just, I need, I need help and I, I want to get it. Wow. And the school authorities can provide access to those kinds of medical services. Here's another one. Family code, again, same section, 6925, birth control. A minor may receive birth control without parental consent or notification. This is crazy. 
Abortion. A minor may consent to an abortion without parental consent in California. What about sexually transmitted diseases? So this is an infectious disease with potentially life-altering consequences, and you would think that parents should know about this Mm -hmm. and their children. They're responsible for their minors' upbringing and the health and, and welfare of their children. Well, in California, George, a minor 12 years of age or older who may have come into contact with a sexually transmitted disease may consent to medical care related to the diagnosis or treatment of the disease. A minor who is 12 years of age or older may also consent to medical care related to the prevention of a sexually transmitted disease. I mean, these kids are barely at the age where they're learning, you know, the ancient civilizations. And they're having probably a hard time grasping basic algebra. And now they are allowed to make decisions that will impact them for a lifetime. Now, George, I know you were particularly precocious, even as a 12-year-old, but I remember the way I was when I was 12 years old. I had no business making decisions like like these. Uh, Parents need to be involved in these decisions. It's for their children's welfare, and the fact that California is passing laws like these is so concerning. The same thing applies to uh, HIV, AIDS. A minor 12 years and older is competent to give written consent for an HIV test. A minor 12 12 years or older may consent to medical care related to the prevention, diagnosis, and treatment of HIV or AIDS. Again, once again, that's in the family code. Services currently available include pre- and post-exposure prophylaxis medication to prevent HIV infection. Now, obviously, parents want their children to be protected from Mm -hmm. sexually transmitted diseases. But that's that's not the point. The point is, is that the parents are ultimately responsible and accountable for their children's welfare, not the state of California. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the first questions that comes to my mind is, you know, who, who, who is pushing the child? Well, first of all, we know that the school is educating the child on, on their particular rights when it comes to these things. Right. So, so somebody is there um, who is just morally debased now, uh, because they have the audacity to overstep a parental's right to make sure they're the ones talking to their children about these things. Um, secondly, when that morally debased person in the public school system, an adult, is having this conversation with the child, they are obviously pushing this agenda Absolutely. down because a child on their own at 12 years old won't know no. about any of these things. And then they're going to this medical facility, and then the morally debased doctor or nurse that's there, who has the audacity again to have that conversation without the parent in the room, um, there are so many steps along the way and so many people this child is getting in contact with. That's my question. How, who are these people? And, and how we must be having a lot of these kind of people out there in order for the law to be effective. 
Absolutely. And do they have our, the best interest of your particular child in mind? Or are they pu- pushing some deeper agenda that yes. they're interested in? Well, here's the one that really gets to me, George, because this goes to a child's emotions, their mind, their, their psychology. And this is Health and Safety Code Section 124-260, Mental Health Services, a minor who is 12 years of age or older, may consent to outpatient mental health treatment or counseling services if, in the opinion of the attending professional person, the minor is mature enough to participate intelligently in the mental health treatment or counseling services. Hmm. Say what? So... This is a professional, a psychologist, it could be a psychiatrist, it could even be a school counselor that the child comes to them and is expressing maybe some gender dysphoria or depression or whatever it happens to be. The parents may not even be aware of this. And all of a sudden now you have this minor physician relationship that is forming. The parents are not even in the loop. They have no idea what's going on. This is behind closed doors. It's incredible. So now, George, we get to the coup de la croix. This latest bill that was signed, endorsed by Governor Newsom just shortly after the recall election took place. And this is Assembly Bill 1184. And by the way, this bill was sponsored by, guess which organization? Planned Parenthood. Bingo. You got it. Uh, you, You ring the bell. Here's what this bill does. It prohibits insurance companies from revealing to the policyholder, which is in most cases the parents of the child, (laughs) the, quote, sensitive services of anyone on their policy, including minor children, even though the policy owner is financially responsible for the services being rendered. These sensitive services include abortions, sexual assault treatment, drug abuse and mental health treatment, cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers, and sex change operations. In California, minors can consent to all of these sensitive treatments except for sex change surgeries after the age of 12 under certain conditions and consent to abortions at any age age say what so george not only do you not have any authority to have any say so at all in the kind of medical services or psychological services your child is receiving and these services are being processed mostly through the public school system now you have to pay for it all of a sudden you're just going to get a bill in the mail one day you won't even get you won't get notified until the bill shows up so this is interesting, Mark. Now you're having this, you know, something that, you know, you talked about, Get Out Now, the book, and if it'd be rewritten today, I believe one of the chapters or multiple chapters within that book would have to be on this now collusion between public schools and the healthcare system. Yes, it's happening. It is happening. In fact, in my own school district, uh, there is a memorandum of understanding, uh, some kind of written agreement between the school district and our, I think, 20-something thousand students in our school district. And 
Chalk Hospital, the Children's Hospital of Orange County, yeah. which when, when everybody hears chalk, they're like, oh, this is like one of the best, you know, children's hospitals yeah. around. Uh, this is so great. But little do they know that in this agreement, chalk is providing mental health services yeah. right here, what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. They're providing transgender treatments. They're providing hormone therapy. And, you know, Mark, recently we did a big POK conference at Calvary Chapel East Anaheim. We did. Well, during the intermission of that conference, I had a pediatric nurse from Chalk come to me, introduce herself, and says, George, this is only half the story of what's going on. Mm. And I'm seeing it firsthand, these kids coming in and what Chalk is doing to them. I, I think somebody like a Project Veritas is going to have to come in and do some undercover stuff on this kind of things. Indeed. Well, unfortunately, that's about all the time we have for today. But parents, forewarned is forearmed. For all of you listening, we highly encourage you to uh, make sure that you're aware of this podcast when it comes out. Alert your friends and neighbors and family members. Be aware of what's going on in the public schools. Take action. Until next week. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Say What, the radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.